Thank you for joining the Cornerstone Worship Center series, Panoramic Faith. Let's join Pastor Eric Holler for part one. As we're going to jump into a two-part series that I'll be starting today and ending two weeks from today called Panoramic Faith. Glad to see all of you here this morning. Thank you for being here. If we could bring Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 24 up on the big screen. And I want all of us, if we could stand together and let's read this out loud. Everybody ready? Read. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Father, we love you. We thank you for this moment that we gather around your word. Father, thank you for your presence here in this place. We give honor to the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. We thank you that the word in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. And now the word lives in our hearts today. And we're here to exalt your word because, Lord God, your word says you exalt your word even above your own name. So we take this time now to hear the word, to give attention to the word so that it will bring your life to our lives, God, because in it is life. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, bless your people. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ today. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Very familiar passage of Scripture, but there are some wonderful truths in this. The reason I titled this Panoramic Faith is that Panoramic comes from the, the word panorama, or panorama, however you want to say that. And it means an unbroken view of the whole region surrounding an observer. It's an unbroken or an unobstructed view. How many of you could use an unobstructed view for things in your life? Huh? Yeah, because we're, we're limited in this body by what we can see, and we have obstructions, but by, by what we can smell, taste, touch, and hear. But faith gives us this panoramic view, this unobstructed view to be able to see beyond what we're able to with our natural eyes. Turn to Genesis chapter 15 and we'll look at the father of our faith today. As Pastor John has preached on him a million times probably now. But it's important that we go to that place first and, 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 and see the beginning of how all this started. A man that chose to believe God despite his circumstances. A man who began to see with the eyes of faith. In Genesis chapter 15, God comes to Abraham and he says, verse 1, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram 
in a vision. This is before he changed his name to Abraham. In a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. He's talking to a very old man here telling him, you're going, you're going to have a kid, right? But what's Abraham's first response? God tells him something and Abraham says, I ain't seeing it. He said, what are you going to give me seeing I go childless? Verse 5. Then he brought him outside. That is, God brought Abram outside and said, look, if you need to see something, let me help you get a right perspective. Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your seed be. Look at verse 6. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. And by that verse right there, hangs Pauline doctrine. In Romans chapter 4, it gives this, this story again, how Abraham believed God and it's account, it was accounted to him for righteousness and in the same way we believe God and we're made righteous through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. For by grace you are saved by faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, right? Yeah. So we got in on this thing because of believing Abraham and one verse over in Galatians says that we're blessed with believing Abraham, right? Along with him. How blessed was Abram? Well, I don't have time to go in to talk, to talk about how blessed he was, but just read the book of Genesis. Uh, around, start around 12 and go through 20-something. I don't know, but you'll just see. But I want you to jump over to, to Genesis 22 for a moment and see something. Abram, in the beginning, he saw it, right? And then he believed. He saw it, and then he believed. He didn't see it, and then God said, here... See it. This is how, this is, if you got to look at something, look at these stars. This is how it's going to be. This is how many kids you're going to have. And it says, and then he believed. But look at Genesis chapter 22. Something amazing happens in Abram's life. 17, Abram gets his new name, Abraham. Sarai gets her name, Sarah. Isaac is born in chapter 21. And then we come to chapter 22, and something amazing takes place. Verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Who's, who's God telling Abraham to, to offer as a sacrifice? He's telling him to offer him his son Isaac, to the Lord. Hmm. Verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning, got an early start, and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and, his, and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. Think about this for a moment. God tells him something pretty ridiculous here, doesn't he? I mean, to the natural mind, go sacrifice your son. God had told him something ridiculous in the beginning. You're going to have lots of kids. And Abraham said, I don't see it happening. Huh? 
But here he says, go sacrifice him. Abraham don't talk like that anymore. He just gets up and goes. He's learned something about this great God. He's learned to trust him. Not question his word, but to simply do what God told him, no matter how bizarre it sounded. Verse 4, then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. Look at this phrase here. And we'll come back to you. The new King James says, and we will come back to you. Has God told Abraham that Isaac's coming back? Huh? Has God told him this? He is just living by pure faith right now. Because he, fig- he knows something about God. That God has given him a word that in this seed, in Isaac, all the nations are going to be blessed. All of my descendants are going to come from him. So God's going to... Abraham saw Isaac raised from the dead. Hmm. We'll return. This is so good. Verse 6, So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son and took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, Daddy, something ain't adding up right now. My father? And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but look at this. Where is the what? The lamb for a burnt offering. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself what? Is he lying to Isaac here? What's going on here? Abraham says, God's going to provide the lamb. There ain't no lamb. All there is is wood, fire, and a knife. Huh? He's just going by pure faith here. All he knows is he's supposed to sacrifice Isaac, but something he knows about God is he's not going to leave him in that way. He's not going to leave his son dead. That just doesn't make sense. So just by faith, he's saying God's going to provide a lamb, son. Look at this. Then they came to the place of which God had told them. Verse 9, and Abraham built an altar there, placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. He says that a lot, doesn't he? He said, do not lay your hand on the lad nor do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham, oh, look at this. This is so good. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. At one time, God said something. Abraham said, I have to see it. And then he saw it. But here, God said something, and he just believed it, and then he saw it. He lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, behind him. It's like Abraham's just been expecting it all along. Behind him, he said, where is that thing? Oh, there it is. We told you God would provide a lamp. Behind him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering 
in the stead of his son. Wow. What a great example for us to learn from today. Faith is able to see way beyond. It's able to see on the other side of the mountain the provision that's coming. Hope this encourages you today. Now, in the next couple of times I'm preaching, we're going to talk about 10 things, 10 angles, if you will, in this panoramic faith. And if you'll bear with me, I'm going to do five of them this morning. So buckle up and let's go back to Mark chapter 11, verse 22. It says, Jesus said to them, have faith in God. The first angle that we're going to look at in this panoramic faith is the priority angle. Everybody say priority. Have faith in God. Come on, everybody say it nice and loud. Have faith in God. Not faith in the circumstance. Not faith even in your own faith. You must believe God. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the focal point of our faith. I've taught... Um, guitar over the last 15 or 20 years, among other instruments, bass and drums and things like that. But it's mainly been guitar. And uh, it, it has astounded me from time to time how some students I, I have had have taken the time to go purchase a guitar, purchase their instrument, spent the money, set up the lesson time, show up to the lesson, Pay me for the lesson, sit down for that 30-minute lesson, I give them a week's worth of practice, only to come back the next week and say, I haven't practiced. And me as a teacher, I can go no further with this student. You understand? I'm not a magician. I can't just go, well, okay, well, now you're better. Huh? He has to practice that instrument, or she has to practice that instrument. That is the priority for playing that instrument. Amen? That they'll take time to do all the other things, but do what's the most important thing. And you can confess, and you can pray, and you can go to church, and you can read the Bible, and you can do all of these things, but if you do not have faith in God, you're just spinning your wheels. You're going nowhere. you got to keep your priorities right and believe God no matter what. You're merely just going through the motions otherwise. Number two, look at this. Verse 23 of chapter 11 says, Verily I say unto thee, whatsoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, whosoever shall say, say, here's another angle in this panoramic faith. Another angle here to look at is proclamation. Whoever shall, say it again, say unto this mountain, faith has a voice. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 says, as it is written, it says, we also having the same spirit of faith, 
As it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. The spirit of faith is to believe and to speak. Romans chapter 10 verse 8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you even in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. I want my good friend... Pastor R.C. Shields to come up here for a moment. Let's give him a big hand. He's here with us from San Diego, California. He's one of Pastor John's sons in the faith. And I asked him to share this story. Um, doesn't he look good? Turn around. Give, give him a panoramic view. I asked him to share his story because it's, it's just a powerful story. This man lives by faith. And I share that with him. Praise God. Amen. You know, this is, man, this is home for me by faith. Amen. On October the 18th at 0629, I'll never forget the day. I was riding down Highway 8, driving my wife's car. That was a wrong mistake. And as I was driving, she has an Altima, this big old monster truck. I guess they thought we was in a stadium or something. <laughs> Began to, everybody else stopping, but she didn't stop. Brakes give out. That Altima went from a five-seater to a two-seater. Now I had a, now this is how faith worked though. See, every morning I get up and I declare what I want to see. I proclaim, with long life will he satisfy me. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. No weapon formed or fashioned against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me and judgment shall be condemned. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. And his angels have charge over me. I fear the Lord. He said, and then he said, encamp his angels around me. So I know the angels of the Lord were encamped around me. But at that moment, I had a choice to let fear set in or faith set in. See, a lot of us wait until the circumstance come before we let faith fight the good fight of faith. But see, faith had met fear at the door. And I'm here today, amen, because of faith. Amen. Faith will kept me, kept me alive, amen. So no matter what you go through, if you walk and live by faith, every morning get up and declare what you want to see yes. come to pass. Yes. Then it'll manifest when the circumstance come, amen. I love First John, and I'm closing five and four. It said, whatsoever born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So I already had the victory when death came because Jesus went to, went to the grave already for me. So when death knocked on my door, they seen Jesus and not me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. And we should just close after that. I'm just kidding. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> what a powerful testimony. Romans 4.17 says, And God calls those things that be not as though they were. You create with your confession. The Bible says we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. What makes us think that we're going to do, do life any other way than how God has taught us? He's given us this example, and we that are made in his image should act just like him. And if you want your situation to change today, you can change your situation by what you say with your mouth. 
It's powerful. See, right now we're submitting building plans to the city. Thank you for your excitement. I'm not going to be in this building forever. Thank God. Out northwest of town, we've got 12 acres that's waiting for us. And it's coming. It's coming. But if we hadn't ever said a word about it, no plans would have ever been realized and we would never see the building. We had to start talking about it before we saw it. Amen? And so if you don't like where you're at today, like I said, change it. Get a new proclamation in your mouth. Number three. Whosoever shall say, oh, oh, by the way, I want you to notice what that verse says. In verse 23, it does not say, and whatever pastor should say, whatever, whoever's got a doctorate in theology, whoever really knows the word of God, huh? It says, what? How many whosoever's are in here? Huh? If you have a voice, can you just shout hallelujah? hallelujah. You're qualified. You're qualified. Amen. Whosoever shall say. Whosoever shall say. Unto this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea. This speaks of power. The power angle in this panoramic faith. Wow. Don't you know it takes power to move a mountain? They have to use dynamite to move mountains. Unto this mountain. Be removed and be cast into the sea. Now Jesus is not speaking metaphorically or euphemistically here. He's pointing at a literal physical mountain. What's the mountain in your life today? What is the mountain that you're facing today? Tell it to move. Believe God and tell it to move. I said, believe God and tell it to move. Listen, we're just quoting Jesus here. Huh? We're quoting Jesus here. Tell it to move. Whatever you're facing today, you do not have to face it. You can overcome it. You don't just have to deal with it. You don't just have to cope with it. Tell it to move. There's power in people who live by faith. There's power there to see mountains move, situations changed. Hebrews chapter 11, we see this, this great hall of faith that we, that we read about, these great heroes of faith who God did extraordinary things through extraordinary people. And here's Sarah in verse 11, it says, who was who who very old yet conceived. I'd say that's power. And Abraham, when he's 100 years old, starts his family. And a man named Joshua who commanded the son to just stand still. Who does that? Well, really, the earth stood still, but God knew what he was talking about. Joshua was out there in the middle of battle, and the sun starts setting on him. He just stands up there and says, the Bible says, he said to the Lord, 
His faith is in God. He said to the Lord, Son, stand still! And the earth stopped. Would you say that's power? And for about a whole day, it stopped. Faith has a power that made a shepherd boy into a giant killer. Faith has a power for healing to be available to the sick. Faith has a power for sight to the blind. Come on. Faith has a, has a power for life to the dead. Faith has a power for riches to the poor. Faith has a power for deliverance to those that are bound. Faith has a power for strength for the weak. Faith has a power for salvation for the sinner. Jesus put no limitations on it. So I'm telling you today, don't do it either. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed. You're qualified today to move mountains when you believe God. Number four. I'm just blessing you today. Everybody say prerequisite. And shall not doubt in his heart. Right behind this statement. See, Jesus knows us real well. Right behind this statement of saying, you can tell that mountain to be moved. He knows what your next thought is. Well, maybe. Well, it would be nice. I wish I could do that. I've heard about that kind of stuff. but Huh? I'm not like those people in the Bible. Hang on, wait a second. He said move the mountain. Don't let the mountain move you. Huh? Amen. Mark chapter 5 verse 36. Jesus is on his way to a man's house to heal his sick daughter. And on the way gets interrupted by this woman with the issue of blood. And she receives her miracle. And by the time all that's done, news comes to this man. Don't even bother Jesus. Your daughter's dead. And Jesus turns to him in Mark chapter 5, verse 36. Turns to that man after he's heard this horrible report. Come on, how many of you have ever heard a bad report before? Huh? After you've heard this horrible report, Jesus turns to him and says, Do not be afraid. Only believe. Let no room for doubt be in there. Only believe. Everybody say only believe. Only believe. James chapter 1 gives us a stern warning here. Verses 6 through 8 says, But let him ask in faith without doubting or with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Sounds like some of our, uh, our candidates for presidency, doesn't it? But for let not that man... Listen to this. For let not that man think or suppose that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Wow. A guy who does, he's a double-minded man and is unstable in all his ways. God does not bless doubters. God does not bless instability. He's looking for somebody who will only believe him. He'll not consider their circumstances, not consider their situation, no matter how dire it might be. They're just going to stand and say, I believe God. I believe Him. I believe the Word of God. 
mountain be moved. Only believe. Because you cannot expect to receive if you doubt. A few years ago, I used to wear these contact lenses. And uh, they, uh, they were these semi-hard contact lenses called gas permeable. Anybody wear those in here? Anybody have those contact lenses? Anybody ever worn them before? Yeah, you got out of that real quick, didn't you? That was the, that's the most miserable set of contacts I had to put in my eyes. At that time, I couldn't wear soft ones because my right eye had a certain deformity to it that they couldn't fit that, so they had to make this gas permeable. And it took me like a week of doing this to get used to those things. But I finally did, somewhat, get used to them. And, but the funniest thing about those, it didn't matter. I mean, just the smallest little speck of dust get in my eye, and my life was wrecked. Almost my car. I mean, there were several times we'd be riding down the road, and either like wind would get up under there and cause an air pocket or just a piece of dust. Ah! And Heather would be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, honey, I got something in my eye. She's like, don't freak out. It's not that. I said, yes, it's terrible. And I'd have to pull the car over and pull that contact out of my eye. My progress was completely stopped by a speck of dust. I was going no further until I got that obstruction out of the way. You are going no further as long as you keep specks of dust of doubt in your life. Make no room for doubt, but only believe God today. That is the prerequisite to be a mountain-moving faith person. Abraham didn't even consider his own body when God talked to him. The Bible teaches us in Romans. Didn't even consider his own body. And God said, you're going to have kids. You're going to have a promised son. The Bible teaches us that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken it, and shall he not make it good? I'm here to tell you, his word is good, it's true, it's right, it is the only sure thing in this world. You can hold on to it, trust in it, cling to it, rely on it. And then, lastly, I want to leave you with this thought. The priority angle in this panoramic faith, the proclamation angle, the power angle, the prerequisite, and here we see number five, the prophetic. But shall believe that those things which he saith, verse 23, shall come to pass. You know, you are the prophet of your own life. Believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is now, hope is future. Faith, everybody say that. Faith is now, hope is future. Hallelujah. Faith is now, it is the substance of things hoped for. It's not that which takes you to victory. Pastor R.C. quoted that this morning, 1 John 5, 4. Faith is the victory. It is now the victory. Yeah, but I don't feel victorious right now. Speck of dust of doubt. Don't expect to receive anything from the Lord if you're going to talk like that. Huh? 
Believe God. Speak it. Believe that it shall come to pass. Now faith. That's why we call our TV program Faith Now. Because faith is a right now thing. It's not, it's not enough to just once have believed. Well, I used to believe that way. Well, then what happened? You got right out of faith. Someday I'll believe it. No, I'll believe it when I see it. Believe now and you will see it. Faith in God will change your future. And you can change where you're at today, ladies and gentlemen. Begin to prophesy a different future into your life. You know, the Bible teaches us that the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter to the full day. We used to have this elder out in San Angelo, our church out there named Truett Randolph. Old sucker. He's still old. Still alive. But uh, he used to ask him, the great man of God. He... Uh, used to ask Truett, how you doing, Truett? He said, well, I was doing good, but I'm getting better. <laughs> Prophesying into his life, getting better. And that's how the path of the righteous ought to be getting better and brighter. The Bible teaches yeah. us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, that Christ is the high priest of good things to come. Let, let me tell you something. As long as God is with you, good things are coming your way today. Huh? I said, good things are coming your way, but you got to believe it's true and say that it's true. Believe it's going to come to pass. Believe that your situation really is going to get better. Amen. What is life if we have no hope? If we can't believe for it right now. Speaking of that, I want to share this with you, something that I'm personally going through right now. Can we turn off the camera? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's this piece of property in this town that I really love, besides our church property, that I personally love for, and I have a desire for for my own life, for my family. And, I've, and I drive by it on the way to work every day. And this thing has had a for sale sign on it for about two years. And I've driven by it and, and expressed desire just to some friends talking about it. I love that piece of property and, and even called about it. And it's way out of my range. But every time I've driven by it, I'm drawn to it. And one day I was driving by it. This is just not, actually not too long ago, a couple of months, maybe three months ago. And this scripture came to my mind. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 actually came to mind. We'll be talking about that next, in two weeks. It says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And now, now listen, my religion was telling me, you don't need all that. You know, don't bother God with extemporaneous things. Just pray for the things that you need. I just need to, Lord, you know my needs. Just meet my needs. But when I read the Bible, I can't see that kind of praying going on. Jesus taught me. My religion taught me something different. But Jesus taught me whatever things you desire. Ladies and gentlemen, the lid is off. 
The lid is off. Whatever things you do. Read it. Read verse. Bring that up. Let Make sure I'm not misquoting Jesus now. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Y'all want you to see it with your own. We read it this morning. But therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire. Does he say you need? You desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Is it really that simple, Jesus? Yeah, please don't complicate it. Just believe it. Just believe it. Get your stinking thinking out of there. And let, the, let God thoughts roll through your mind for a little while. Think how I'm thinking. God says, my ways are higher than your ways. I think really what he's saying, it's real simple, guys. It's real cut and dry. Just, if I said it, you can have it. You believe it, you can have it. He says, whatsoever things you desire. One version says, you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And that scripture came to my mind. I said, Jesus, I desire that piece of property. You said, if I desire it, and if I believe I receive it, then I can have it. So I'm taking a stand right now. And let me tell you something. It always, I was nervous. I was nervous saying it. Huh? Come on. Anytime you step out in faith, you're natural. But you're, you're, your mind just goes, man, what are you doing? Are you crossing the line here? I sure am, praise God. I stopped, I stopped doubting. I'm starting to believe. Hallelujah. I'm believing that whatever things I desire when I pray, I get it. Hallelujah. I'm stepping over into simplicity today. Hallelujah. Amen. Just believe God. And oh, my goodness. And I got so charged up. And I'm, I'm nervous. I'm going, okay, I said it. And then I just kept saying it. And then I just kept saying it. Said Jesus, you said if I want it, I can have it. I believe I received that. I don't know. I have no clue in the natural. It ain't possible. But God, you said if you can believe in Mark chapter nine twenty three, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So I just believe what you said. Yeah. I just start prophesying over that property. Let me tell you something. In the very near future, when I get the keys to this house, we're gonna throw a massive party. And all of you guys are going to come, and we're going to celebrate together what God has done. Are you hearing me? The address is 1605 Rock Hill Road if you want to drive by there sometime. My kids are so into this right now. We're, we are, we're approaching this property, and the kids go, get ready, Daddy. Here we go. And, we, and, we, and we're driving by, and they put their hands out like this. And they always say, thank you, Jesus, for our home at 1605 Rock Hill Road. One day, one day, I came in. Sometimes we come into the office and, and we go right to the youth room and we'll have prayer and worship time together. It's really wonderful. And I went in there and I had that property on my mind. I have it on my mind all the time. I've walked all the way around it. Just, oh, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, I want to encourage you today. Put your faith out there. Prophesy. Are you hearing me today? And I was, in the, I was in there praying in the youth room. We were just walking around worshiping Jesus. And that, that address kept coming to my mind, 1605, 1605, 1605, 1605. I wonder if there's a verse in the Bible that I could hold on to, 16.5. And the first book that came to my mind was the book of Psalms. If we could bring that up on the big screen. Psalm chapter 16. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. 
Yeah, I was doing the same thing. I was like, Lord, you really are in this deal. Look at the next verse. The lines are fallen to me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. The Lord's holding that lot for me right now. I believe the reason it ain't sold because I ain't let it sell. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> it's mine. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Priority. Everybody say priority. priority. Proclamation. Proclamation. Power. Power. Prerequisite. That's a big word I had to remember. Prophetic. Hallelujah. I can't wait till next week. Uh, can I just give you a, pre a preview? We're going to talk about, or not next week, two weeks from today. We're going to talk about production, possibility, process, purpose, and promise. A lot of P's in there. Let's stand together.